Good, Clive. Amazing. Okay. Well, um, such a privilege today to introduce someone who honestly is maybe back then, I was probably just a normal student to you, uh, but really special uh, to me. I remember, you know, I just, I'd been involved in this band in 1996, and then I went to Bible college, 97, 98. And you, you're often in that stage of life looking for some role models or someone that you can connect with and relate to. One of the things I appreciated about Yaku is he was just normal, <laughs> which I really just liked. I don't know why people think pastors shouldn't be normal, but anyway. Um, but he, he was just a normal, fun guy. Um, also, uh, what I really connected with is he, he was, you know, he pastored as well as led worship. And um, we're going to sing a song to, with you guys later. We, we hadn't played in 25 years together. But really just was a massive inspiration. Uh, he would lead us in worship a lot of the mornings at Bible college. And he was just full of life and fun. And I have to tell you this story because um, no one else knows it besides him and I. But I'm sitting in the front row of Bible college and he was lecturing. And um, I had a pair of jeans that had a big hole. Like over here, and I was sitting in the front row, and Yaku was going, and then he looks down and obviously uh, sees my undies, and he just packs out laughing in the middle of the lecture, and I know why he was laughing was because where he had looked, and I like kind of sat up straight, and everyone's saying, what's so funny, what's so funny, and he was like, um, uh, and, he, and he could have burnt me, but he didn't, but I had a big hole in my pants. Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> but it, he just, it was in the middle of the lecture, it was like quite a serious moment, he just packed up laughing, anyway, but uh, I'm grateful for him, he, he's just a big inspiration, um, you know, just in so many different ways, and then he left in the year 2000 uh, to go plant a church uh, in British Virgin Islands, and he's been in Canada, and I've only seen him a handful of times since then, and actually that guitar over there was Yaku's, and I said to him, if he ever is not using it or was going to sell it, I would love to have it, so... Uh, we negotiated many years ago, and that guitar was his, and it's now mine. So you're going to play it again today. Anyway, um, great privilege to have Yaku here with us today. Can we give him a nice open skies, kloof, warm welcome? Morning, open skies. Whew. Are you guys here? What a privilege to be here. <sighs> what a privilege. I'll hold it together, don't worry. But I just want a disclaimer that I'm just a, a Dutchman from the Transvaal. <laughs> Grew up near the Kruger National. And then God saved my life. And since then, we've been on the most unbelievable ride, and so many times just overwhelmed by the goodness of God. Yeah. Why do I go so heavy so quickly? I don't know why. Uh, yeah, Hilton and Jen, and Jen I, I didn't burn him then, but I'm going to burn him now. Yeah, he had, he had a really holy jeans on. But I've always loved him, always, since he was young and he had like super peroxided hair. I think we all had it, even Simon when he had hair. Um, 
he was always passionate for the things of God. And I love that. I love that your relationship with Jesus moves you. If it doesn't move you, you need to get saved. And Hilton has always been one of those guys who wanted more. He wasn't satisfied with just the knowledge. He wanted to encounter and experience God. He was obviously married up, way up. But when I watched him on the stage here, Kath and I have led together for years and years. Fiona kind of led us, raised us up. And uh, I, when, uh, there's so many things going through my head. But one of the things Fiona taught us that God is not opportunistic. And uh, we don't live our lives by opportunities. We live by faith. And that the safest place for you to be on the earth is in the will of God. It could be Pakistan. It could be Durban. Could be Toronto, could be anywhere in the world. And when I watch the two of them, I see that. I see a wonderfully carved journey of faith. It's so inspiring. I want to cheer you on. And I can see Jin struggles with you as well, like Catherine struggles with me when we co lead up. <laughs> Sometimes she digs a nail in the back of my back here. Yeah? I thought it was funny. But do you want to see my family? Okay. Can we have a picture of them? There we go. Guys, I expected a bit more than that, but <laughs> wow, I feel like crying just looking at them. So that's my son, Levi. When Levi and I go out, we go to Bass Pro, and he buys more lures as if he doesn't have enough. He loves ice fishing. He loves fishing of all kinds, fly fishing. And a couple of years ago, he was teaching sailing in Vancouver, and we drove from Toronto to Vancouver, and we fished along the way, and it was the most life-changing. I love that boy so much. Look at him. He's 22. And there's Julia on the left-hand side. Anybody here knew my kids when they were babies? Wow, three or four of you. Yes. Jules is unbelievable. It's kind of weird. You never talk about your family. She is unbelievable. When she's in town, we go to the French restaurants. She doesn't have a poverty mentality. She loves French wine, French food, everything French she loves, and, and beyond. She's living in the British Virgin Islands again, teaching people's children, and she is full of life. And then that's Kath in the middle who's going to kill me if she ever finds out. I put a picture of her up there. But she is the love of my life. She's my ride or die, as they say in the States. Yeah. She is... Amazing. One day you'll meet her. She's a much better preacher, teacher than me. She can hold things together. She definitely has a fivefold teaching gift. And she's a gift to the church, for sure. Anyway, that's enough of that. So I wanted to say so much more, um, but I want to get to the word. Um, but I'm so grateful. Uh, last month, a couple of some time ago, Siggy and Dave were with us, Oblander, and Siggy said to me one night over dinner, <clears throat> she asked me, what do I think about inheritance? And it just came to me when I was standing there, and I didn't really know what to say. I mean, we all know about inheritance to some extent, but she said to me, Yaku, there's an inheritance for all of us, and she spoke about it, and I had never thought that there would be an inheritance uh, in the kingdom of heaven for me, geographically, particularly in South Africa or in the islands or wherever God has used us. But as I become a little bit older, you know, like 48, I 
I started to realize that it's a very tangible, real thing. And I'm so grateful to, to stand here. I really am. I feel like it's a part of my inheritance. Not mine like own. We don't, see, we're not, we don't think secular through the matrix of what's mine. But I feel so privileged that God would have used us in the lives of some people here and used you in our lives. And here we are, the inheritance of the saints. Amen? Is this a Baptist church or what, Hilt? <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, so I thank you for that. Let me close up this. Wow. I want to speak today a little bit. Hilton said I have an hour and 15 minutes, but I won't be that long. <laughs> you guys are doing a series on the three nails of the cross. I couldn't ever speak about the cross and three nails. I love it. It's so beautiful. Such a nice preface to the series. Um, but I'm speaking about one nail today, and it's the second nail. Um, I want to speak today about the son of suffering. And if the cross doesn't move you, like I said, you're in a great place today. You need to Surrender your life to Christ and get saved. So turn with me to Isaiah 53. Has anybody got actual Bibles? Sorry, guys. Sorry. I'm Isaiah 53. Um, I asked the, the young lady who did the, does the media, so amazing. She asked me, what are your scriptures? So Kath and I have this theological discussion about scriptures on screens. She has all the scriptures, all the pointers, the pictures, the illustrations on the screen. But I've always, since I was a school teacher, had this aversion to that. I would always teach the kids, and then I would write things down. Because I felt that it was a distraction. The fast readers would read ahead, and the slow readers would be like, what? Is and nobody would listen to me. And nobody would receive an impartation, something that literally sticks in your soul and changes your life because we're preoccupied with the slick production of scriptures on the screen behind us. As I said, it gets fervent sometimes theologically, but Catherine likes the other way around, and I, 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 no problem with it. But I want to read this to you slowly. The Son of Suffering, Isaiah chapter 53. But before I do, I, I just want to preface a little bit and say where we live in Toronto, Canada now, we've been there for 10 years, we lead a beautiful church called Red Hill, we've determined and decided in our hearts that we are going to slow down to go deep. Years ago, I read a book called The Forgotten Ways by Alan Hirsch, and he wrote a little chapter in there on the missional impulse, or about a new reformation, we call it a move of God, or a visitation, or some people call it revival. But I'm convinced that if we don't slow down, if we don't stop the hustle, and I know it's a necessity for most people in their minds, we will never be able to rest, because before you rest, you stop. And if you're not able to rest, you'll never be become whole. Your soul will never be refreshed to the place where true creativity starts to stir again from within you. And only when that happens, the natural progression of this is then we worship then our lives change because we no, we, we no longer have a, a message to preach, but our lives becomes the message. 
I was with Tony Fitzgerald a month ago in Ottawa, and he said the same thing to me. Yaku, we're still preaching the same thing 40, 50 years because our lives become the message. And so the secular world is so overt to stopping. In fact, they reward people that are busy. How many of your mates, when you call them, they, how are you doing? Oh, busy. Great. That, that, that must be a good sign that you're busy, busy, busy. And so we've decided in, in, at Red Hill that we're going to slow down to practice the way of Jesus. And shockingly, it took us three years just before COVID, we started working through these, these issues because we wanted to, like, like Hilton said earlier, we wanted to be countercultural. But sometimes all our, our, our efforts to be countercultural uh, fall flat because it's just taught as a, a cerebral uh, like euphoria that we live in and we never really find breakthrough and we never really experience true redemption because we don't really know what the presence of God is like other than encounter in a corporate context. And yet when we look at the gospels, we see that Jesus called his disciples to follow him every day. And so for us, we started to decentralize the Sunday and emphasize the week every day because we live in a secular world that has a massive aversion to any form of suffering, any, any form of silence. In fact, I've heard theology preach that if you're suffering, you're out of the will of God. Anybody else heard that? Tempted by Satan. There's no time for that to come. But he came out, as you all know, in the power of the Spirit. He went in driven by the Spirit, came out in the power of the Spirit. That's my heart's desire, that in the last days of my life, the last 50 years or so, my life would become an expression of the power of the suffering Savior. I want to be like the son of suffering. Now just chill out. I'm not preaching here a theology of suffering unto holiness. That's not the thing. But I, can't, I cannot imagine preaching an Easter sermon series at one point without stopping and looking and gazing upon the son of suffering. Let's read Isaiah 53. Who's, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Did you hear that? Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised, this is 800 years before Christ. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrow and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. We considered him, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities and the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us turned to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and sheep before his shearers are silent. So he didn't open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And who can speak of his 
descendants. For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. He was assigned a grave to the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was, God, it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Can somebody say hallelujah? Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. Turn with me, please, in your Bibles to the Garden of Gethsemane, Mark chapter 14. From verse 32, they went to the place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter and James and John, John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground, and he prayed that if it's possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. He returned to the disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body's weak. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returned to the, he returned a third time. He said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into, his, into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayers. Can you see the theme? Can you relate to the theme? Does it move you? Does it stir in your soul? The desire to meet the Savior? The man of suffering? The man of sorrow? Familiar with suffering? I'm afraid sometimes... particularly in the, in the West, in the North American culture, that we transfix ourselves on the completed work of Christ and subvert the process by which God brings us into resurrection life. There is no resurrection life unless you identify with him in his death. There is no resurrection life. This is my second nail. When they took him, after he was beaten beyond the human recognition and laid him upon a cross, forced his hand down and drove clumsily the first nail through it into the cross, I don't know what he was doing with the other hand. 
But that's the hand I want to talk about. That's what I'm talking about. It was there that Jesus appropriated the reality of what was done in the garden. Three times he came back. Three times. Hallelujah. There we go. Does that mean the AC is coming on? Three times he came back. Three times he asked the Father for the cup to pass from him. Father, you can do all things. Please take this cup from me. Jesus was not really worried about the brutality of the cross. And for years and years of my life, I was not stuck, but I, I was so transfixed upon that. I, I, was, I remember sitting in the British Virgin Islands in a, in a tent with 500 other people watching the Passion of the Christ, and I was literally on the floor sobbing with everybody else. I could, I could not, I, it was just, it totally messed me up. And over the years, I've loved the cross of Christ. I mean, it's everything. It's the premise by which we are called. That's why I, I, I struggle so much, and maybe I'm just becoming a little bit more grumpy. I struggle, I've, I, I struggle with guys thinking that God is like your desperate boyfriend wanting to desperately get you. And we sing songs, we're so obsessed with ourselves sometimes with the love of God. This, these songs this morning were awesome. I'm not talking about them. Obviously not talking about them. And that we for, forget this huge thing and thereby we, we stay in this realm of euphoria where we learn a lot. We have a lot of head knowledge. But the depth of the son of suffering really never transforms us. And it's such a big deal because that is where the redemption lies and that is what the purpose of the church is the church in itself is not the end the church is the means by which god is ushering in his kingdom and if we are part of the church and we have a superfluous theology specifically around the cross we never really taste what true resurrection life is and no matter how much good we do oprah winfrey does good the muslims do lots of good and we don't want to stop doing good. Hilton's about to throw something at me from the side. But, but to identify with him is my preoccupation, especially when we got to North America. We grew up in South Africa. Our early days here were radical. Amazing. Got saved straight out of one wreck here on the bluff. Kia Taylor took me under his wing and took us to Africa. Fiona's always cheering us on. Go, go, go. Third world context. Loved it. Planted in the British Virgin Islands, still third world context with a bit of a first world thing. The culture was definitely bleeding into that. And then Toronto, the most secular city in the planet, with a woke movement that is dominating the church. And I was undone again. God, why am I here? Send me to Vitrafir. <laughs> No, I never said that. I'm joking. I'm joking, God. I'm joking. So I had to say, Lord, please, will you teach me how to contextualize the gospel? Because I think what we think the gospel as well is sometimes we need to stop. If we, you, we cannot, we, yeah, we need to stop. Because most of our gospel messages are really not good news to the oppressed. So there embrace the purposes of the kingdom and say, Lord, you've got to teach me. Just like this morning, the deep work of the Spirit is only done by the Spirit of God.
and no flesh ever glories in his presence. Never. And how blessed are you to have an environment like this and a community like this? But my, my encouragement to you is look for the son of sorrow. And when you find yourself in the desert, please don't look for the quick, easy way out. And when you find yourself in the dark night of the soul, please cancel your Netflix subscription immediately because that's our default. We are addicted. Dopamine has completely changed the world we live in, even South Africa. It's completely different than when we were kids. It's not better or worse because the kingdom doesn't really work like that. It's different. And so for us to be intentional about encountering the Savior is our only hope to bring true redemption. Are you guys okay? I remember looking at you now. Thank you, Lord, for this AC and the BVI when we got there. We got a building in the middle of town. It was an old department store. Super dilapidated. We fixed it up. It was a miracle how we get it, but I, didn't, I don't want to tell you the whole story. But the first Sunday we were there, we had no AC. It was a huge upper room, beautiful upper room, and it was jam-packed with people, and we were sweating. It was so hot. And I remember this so clearly. Everybody, I just looked at them, their shirts were soaked. They, you know, most of the young guys had no shirts on because they came from the beach anyway, but it was just sweltering. And I stopped before I preached. I said, guys, why on earth are you here? Let's go. Let's go to the beach. And like this, every, I was joking. They all jumped up and said, yes, let's go to the beach. So, <laughs> the beach is a bit far for us. Yeah. But anyway, it just came to my mind when you're there. This is where Catherine goes, stop, Yaku. Stop. Move on. Move on. So I want to read one last piece of scripture and just elaborate about it. And I think my time is done. This is Luke 24. Luke 24. The road. Where are my glasses? I'm going to just paraphrase the story. This is after the cross. The second nail for me, because you guys are on a series like that, is the surrender of your will. Three times in the garden, Jesus begged the Father. He took the agony of the sin of the world upon him. That was the drops of blood. That was the depth to which he went. Not fear of the nails of the cross and the thorns in his brow and the punishment and the torture. That too, perhaps, in his humanity. But he carried the sin of all mankind upon him. Yours and mine. Yo, my train of thought's gone. So there, the two guys walking after this is all done. I love the story. It's so weird. It's so cool. Jesus walking. These two guys are walking on the road. The Bible says to Emmaus. They are down. They are super sad. They're depressed. What happened to Jesus was definitely not victory. Are you hearing that? How many times through our matrix, our view, our expectations, even our theology, does Jesus Christ disappoint us? Hold that thought. These guys were just moping around, and suddenly there's Jesus walking with them, but they don't recognize him. How many of us do that? We walk with him, but we don't see him. 
And they're walking along and telling him the whole story. And he then, if you read the scripture, he, he then tries to explain to them what has happened. And they spoke about all these things. Yes, they did not see. They didn't see it. It was utter failure. There was no, they were going to be under Roman oppression forever now. This savior, they had predetermined for him a political agenda. He was going to save them from the oppression of the Roman government. And he failed. They literally took him and nailed him to the cross. We watched him. There he was hanging. And now there's a bunch of women who's saying that he's alive. It's too much for us. We out. We're heading back to Emmaus. And Jesus walks with him and walks with him and walks with him. Walking with him, but they're blind. Friends, I want to say to you, I think it's hard to see Jesus for who he really is sometimes. And the thing that makes it so difficult is the subcultures we've built around the kingdom of heaven. That's why we're going back to the basics. You know, 1984, if you ever played rugby in 1984, anybody here? I was at Port Natal when it was a great school. I don't know what it is now. We played DHS at Kings Park, and we crushed them. I don't know how good DHS is right now, but back then, they were the thing. But we had such a good rugby season. And leading up to the DHS game, because it was on Kings Park, we were trained five days a week instead of three days, Tuesday, Thursdays, five days a week. And all we did, until we all vomited, was do the basics. We got the ball. Our rugby coach was a small guy near Vessels. He had a cane on the field, which is a slight motivational factor. But he would run after me. He was faster than me and beat me. But that don't say, that's bad theology, I'm just saying. We went back to the basics. Friends, when things seem impossible and everything seems like it's a failure and you didn't expect it and you're confused and you don't know what's going on, God has the ability to make the suffering into beauty and that is literally the Aramaic explanation of the word that we use today, redemption. None of that can ever happen until the second nail takes our will, the surrendering of our will. And we say, you can have it all, Lord, for your kingdom, for your glory. Though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So maybe this word is a bit uh, on the side for you, you don't really like it, but please think about it for a little bit. Please read slowly the encounters of the suffering Savior. Please read through the Psalms, you can do it. You can read through the Psalms from one to the end. You can do it in one sitting. Two cortados and a snack in the middle. Slowly read the Psalms and you'll discover two-thirds of them are the lament. And go and practice the lament <laughs> so that we could enter resurrection life and live as the agents of redemption. Where was I? These two guys concluded that there was no redemption for them. There's a book called Maccabee. It's just an historical document of the Jewish leaders in their uprising against Syria. I want to read a little snippet from the book of Maccabee, chapter 1, verse 4. This is what they said. Do not fear their numbers or be afraid of their charge. Remember how our ancestors were saved by the Red Sea. When Pharaoh and his forces pursued us, so now 
Let us cry out to heaven to see whether God will favor us and redeem his covenant with our ancestors and crush this heathen army before us today. Then all the Gentiles will know that there is one who redeems and saves Israel. Hallelujah. Do you know where this happened? It happened at Emmaus. It happened in Emmaus, where these guys were walking to, where the God of heaven redeemed and saved his people. When Jesus laid down that second arm and then nailed him to the cross, perhaps it's presumptuous, but I don't know how much fight he had left. But I think he surrendered in the garden already. Three times, let this cup of suffering pass before me. And then the glorious scripture that says, for the joy set before him, which is you and me. He could endure the cross. Friends, Let's stop for a second. I know the cross was to redeem us. But lift your matrix. Don't make it all about you so that we can become the agents of redemption in our culture. Let's identify with him in his suffering and allow the spirit of Christ to lead you back to the cross. After all, it's the premise. And he doesn't say, when you follow me. He says, if you want to follow me, pick up the cross. That's what it is for me. Let's leave the shallow one-inch theology, no diving allowed behind, and let's press in to the deeper things of God. It doesn't mean you try hard. It actually means you do less. You slow down. And you allow the dark night of the soul to shape in you a redemptive nature, the new nature of heaven. Amen? Amen. Did you guys hear me? Awesome. Can I pray, Hilt? Yeah. Stand with me, please, church. If you don't mind. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Only you can, only you can anoint us to hear. And those two dudes, when they sat down at the table with you and broke the bread and partook of your body, their eyes opened. Yeah, I mean, so many years, Lord, I love you so much. I don't want to know about you anymore. I want to know you and nothing else. This cross was promised and prophesied for hundreds of years. 
It is the filter, the hermeneutic filter through which we look back and forward. Please help us not to misinterpret it, make it about us. Although you did it for us. Help us. I pray for this community of believers and thank you for what you're doing here. I pray for the New Testament missional impulse to become more and more a reality here, that we'd go deep and out and deep and out and be with you more than we do for you. That we engage with the eternal song that says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God who was and is and is to come. Thank you, Lord. It is done. It is finished. Amen. I can just take a seat for a while. We're going to sing a, a song. It's amazing how God works, actually, because Yaku just ended saying, like, lead us back to the cross. And... Um, when we had, when I was just praying and thinking about this whole series, I was thinking of ending the service with an acoustic song on the cross, and and more specifically an older song, and um, not knowing yet that Yaku would actually uh, be here today, and um, I think it's really special because I think 25 years ago, uh, I was at Bible College 97, 98, I would watch Yaku play the song before I knew much about God or leading worship. And I would watch him play the song that we're going to play. And I planned to sing it this week. It's amazing how God works. And I remember you playing it on that Yamaha, yeah, that APX Yamaha guitar. And so I think it's, it's super special and significant. It's just amazing how God ties these things in together. And there was no one better than Yaku today just to come and share what he did. And my encouragement to any of us today who don't really get what the cross is about Spend some time this week just processing, reading. Before you cancel your Netflix subscription, maybe go watch The Passion of the Christ. <laughs> I don't even know if it's on uh, Netflix. But if you haven't watched that movie, go watch it because it, it's powerful. I, I was left in that cinema sobbing, actually. Uh, Jin hasn't watched the movie because she just says she can't. Oh, I sobbed the end of that movie just it's not just the actors Yaku says of someone being crucified it's what he took on for us and um, you know we've been reading through the Bible in a year and we, we've been looking at what some of those guys have had to do in the old days you know um, the sin the shame I mean we deserve death I shared about that last week but God took that on him that's why he felt cut off just before he died. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that was his main suffering, being cut off from his father. He'd never experienced that before. But in that process, it allowed us to be free. And I think we've taken that freedom. Um, and Yaku spoken about the whole woke culture and everything just to a whole new level. Even Christians just, you know, yes, we experience freedom. But we've got to remember 
just like that second thief on the cross last week said, just remember me. And I think as we take a moment, even as we sing this, just this remember what Jesus did for us. And get a revelation today of the cross. And I'm really trusting, because it's not Yaku's words, it's not our singing that can do anything for any of us. It's the Spirit of God, the power of God. And uh, we're going to sing this. We haven't played this together in like 25 years. <laughs> Good luck, brother. Is this guitar on? It is on. So we, we will... I don't know. We're just going to, I don't know what this looks like. We're just going to trust God to do Sing something. with us, please. Super loud.
Thank you for this moment just to sing together and remember, look at your word, thank you for the blessing of Yaku with us today, just his heart for, for you, God, and heart for his, God's people, and I just pray for every one of us that have the absolute special privilege just to be here today, and even those watching online, just thank you that your spirit is at work deeply in all of our hearts, God. As we remember, we take this season of the year to remember what you've done for us. And surely there has to be a, a heart attitude, a response of worship to you, God. As we thank you for the cross. Lead us back even in this week ahead, God, as we build to The, the, the death on, on the Friday, the resurrection on the Sunday, God, we just think of yes, all that you've done, all that you are, God, and just, would you give us moments, even this week in the craziness, even of school holidays, just to be quiet, to be still, rest our souls as we remember, God. Let it be a revelation to us today, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here today, we just want to, um, I want to pray a prayer with you guys. Um, I think God's obviously done something in all of our hearts today. But if you're here today, we'd never, ever want to miss an opportunity for you to come home. Maybe you don't even understand the magnitude of the cross, but you're like, man, I need to get my life right with God today. I'd love to just lead you in a prayer. Um, and if that's you today, we can all pray it out loud together. But if, if you today say, man, I, I, today is the day I want to come home. I get a revelation of the cross. I want to give my life fully. I want to surrender, as Yaku was talking about. Would you mind just indicating maybe just a little show of the hand that I can pray with you today? Is anyone here today want to pray just a prayer? Saying, God, I want to receive you as my Lord and Savior today. Anyone? Anyone today? pray this commitment prayer today for those that want to pray this. Dear Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Yes. 
And from today, Lord, I turn from my past and I walk into a new future with you, Lord. I make you Lord of my life. Come and live in my heart by your Spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Should we do that chorus one more time? keep singing but I know it's hot let's uh, let's go <laughs> let's go to the beach, beach. <laughs> oh gosh it's been a beautiful morning it's awesome to have you here and really a special man yeah. thank you thank you let's still play eh? sing one song but you got to all sing please just one song so he, he he's had he's had a dream to have a band called Yaku and the Kudus remember I told you about it eh? but this is not one of those eh? Hilton made that up okay, he's the one of the Kudus <laughs> you guys know that old song I will give you all the glory
God good? Should we just give him some praise this morning? Let's also thank Yaku for being with us today. Yeah, we better end it sometime, otherwise we will honestly sit there all day and start pulling out some songs. Um. <laughs> oh gosh, awesome to have you, Yaku, really special. Um, did you guys enjoy that today? Something different, something Really hope that you've been inspired and encouraged, but also just a moment to really, I think God did a deep work in our heart as we just took some stock, thought about what God has done for us. Really want to encourage you to be with us, obviously, next Sunday, um, Resurrection Sunday, as we celebrate the life of Jesus. I'm sure there'll be an Easter egg or two here at least, but, uh, um, but we obviously so much more than that as we celebrate the Resurrection life of Jesus that he brings for us. And just a reminder, Tuesday night as well, um, worship and prayer night, good, good week to come and just worship together with us. And I think, I think that's it. We obviously got a service again tonight, so Yaku's going to be with us. I did tell you it's two services, eh? No, <laughs> he's talking rubbish. Uh, we have to get you for the beach later. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll be back here again tonight, so if you want to bring a friend or whatever. Anyway, God bless everybody. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for those joining us online and have an amazing Sunday. Cheers. Thank you.